What I love is reactions coming out of nowhere. Keep an open mind. Keep seeking new experiences. Never stop exploring. Yes, there is always a balance, but I think it's the leaning in and the asking of the questions and having the conversation all around it. This is Around River City. Hi, I'm Ken Cooper, and we just heard from Luke Erickson, Dominique Lukey, and Allison Krish. And the four of us sat down just the other day and had a really cool conversation. Luke is one of the founding members of Gray Area Productions. They are a theater group, and we'll get into exactly what they're all about as part of the conversation. Allison Krish is the interim executive director of the Pump House in downtown La Crosse. They are the home of Gray Area Productions. And Dominique Lukey is one of the actors in the current production by Gray Area Productions. It's called The Long Christmas Dinner by Thornton Wilder. So there's a lot of things on the agenda for us to talk about, and then there's all of the things that weren't on the agenda, and we'll talk about those too when you come back on Around River City. This is Around River City. I'm Ken Cooper. Thanks for being a part of the conversation. And today, it's a pretty big conversation, a lot of fun, a lot of laughter in this conversation with Luke Erickson, one of the founding members of Gray Area Productions. Also, Dominique Lukey, one of the cast members of the current Gray Area Productions production of The Long Christmas Dinner by Thornton Wilder, and Allison Krish, who is the interim executive director of The Pump House, and they are the home of Gray Area Productions. So why don't we, as usual, just sort of uh, begin the conversation anywhere? Although we can can start anytime. Because there are some things that I think should be recorded and should come from Luke. So okay. Oh well. Yeah. All right. She has thoughts. (laughs) Oh yeah. I'm 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 ready to roll. Okay. Well, we've got Dominique Lukey with her thoughts. Uh, We've got Luke Erickson. Uh, one of the founding members of the reason that we're here today to talk about Gray Area Productions. And also, uh, Allison Krish here, Interim Executive Director of the uh, Pump House, which is, uh, I guess, is it fair to say the home of Gray Area Productions? Or? We are pleased to say. All right. Yes. All right. So could, could I say resident theater company? Sure. All right. I like it. (laughs) All right. We have decided. All right. Uh, And Dominique, what are your thoughts? So my thoughts, well, um, really, I was just making sure that credit was given where credit is due, because really, the whole reason we have a gray area productions is because of Luke. Luke was the one that reached out to pretty much everyone who's involved and said, hey, I have this idea. Do you want to be a part of it? So if you want to know about like the origin story, I think that. That ha- starts with Luke. Okay. Fair enough. So she's throwing you to the wolves. All of that responsibility to tell us the, the birth of Gray Area Productions is on you, Luke. Before we talk Gray Area, tell us, I want to know a little bit about uh, your history with the arts. Sure. Uh, so I grew up going to theater with my parents. Uh, it was always something we could do no matter where we lived. We Moved around a few times growing up throughout Wisconsin uh, with middle school and high school in Toma, uh, but making it up to Eau Claire, making it to the cities, making theater and arts a priority was always a big part of my life. Uh, I think that that has been a, a huge jumping off point for seeing theater as art, but also as a way to build empathy in a community, as a way to start discussions, and as a way to bring people together. Uh, For me, I ended up going to UW-Milwaukee for theater arts, uh, theater studies, and I spent some time doing production management, uh, design in town, Uh, family pulled me closer to home, and one thing I just saw in the area was here was just going off the name of the company, Gray Area Productions, productions that have the the openness to ask more questions than provide answers and to, I I love that whole concept. I love that whole, that whole idea. Yeah. I I think it grabs people right away and living in that gray area of life is how we go about our life. So why not reflect that in what we see (laughs) and the conversations we start? Wow. 
We're going to have to come right back to that. <laughs> All right. Fair um, we're not going to let that go. But Dominique, uh, your love of the arts. I know you were uh, uh, a high school theater nerd. High school theater nerd. Um, the arts, though, really began in music in my family. Um, I grew up singing with my family. There are nine of us um, wow. at church every other weekend. And then as we entered elementary school, most of us started playing musical instruments. And then around the time I was in middle school, it was really about watching my older siblings do theater, huh. the the high school productions. And then, you know, you always want to be like your big sister. So that's what got me into theater. So would you describe your family singing uh, vibe more Von Trapps or Osmonds or the Jacksons? We were compared to the Von Trapps a lot. Okay. So. <laughs> Is that a good thing or not? I, well, other than, you know, being chased by Nazis, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, okay. We never yeah. had that experience, yeah. well, thankfully. that's good. That's good. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gosh, pull it there. Um, so. Let's get back to now the birth of Gray Area Productions. And I, I said that I love that idea of asking more questions. And I don't know about you guys, but I've always I've always thought I prefer a really good question to the perfect right answer because there almost never is. Exactly. So is that how does that fit into your idea behind Gray Area? Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, again, yes, those excellent questions are what we want to bring to the table. And honestly, there are so many playwrights that are asking excellent questions in really interesting ways. Uh, our first production of The Few came around and those questions about uh what can we do to feel less isolated? What can we do to connect with one another? Those uh, questions coming right after the pandemic, or pardon me, not after, but... <laughs> Pretty much during, still. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> if we look back now, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, um, and then for uh, Mitzi's Abortion, a late-term guide to medicine and politics in America, uh, that one obviously has many questions that this author put forth to really make us think about the humanity in those situations. And then with uh, our current production of The Long Christmas Dinner, it's Thornton Wilder, who uh, is a renowned playwright born in Madison, Wisconsin, asking us to consider what is eternal, what keeps us connected as family. so showcasing... You don't shy away from the big questions. No, no. That's where the interesting stuff is. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so having a platform for those authors' voices to be heard, uh, classic playwrights, new playwrights, anything in between, um, anything that resonates today uh, to get into the conversation in this community, I think is always uh, good for growth. Do you, is it part of your point to be provocative or does that just sort of come with the questions you want to ask? I think that the questions we want to ask and the quality of work we want to present comes first. And then, yes, there is a a certain element of probing those questions and bringing up things that aren't necessarily easy to talk about, but that... I feel like, especially with our last production, uh, Mitzi's Abortion, that a lot of people needed to talk about those things, that they didn't have the space before that time. And yeah, I'm so grateful to the Pump House for leaning into that with us and allowing that that space to be there for people to talk. I wouldn't say our aim is to provoke necessarily. I think it is something that does happen frequently naturally. But our goal in presenting these productions is never to change anybody's mind. If anything, we just want to open their minds to a new idea. I mean, that was the the big thing with Mitzi's abortion in particular, is that there were so many different viewpoints shared. And at no point did they say any viewpoint was right or wrong. And the, the playwright was brilliant in that, like, no... It's interesting that even the person that had to go through it didn't want to do it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not like 
Mitzi was pro pro choice or anything that like pro choice pro life never really even came into the discussion. That vocabulary just wasn't there. It was just right pro empathy. humanity empathy showing support for people who through no fault of their own are just put in a a very sad situation. Right. Right. Well, Allison as the as the person who needs to think about the bottom line of a performance like Mitzi's abortion is is it hard to say yes to those kinds of that kind of artistic expression? Is that an unfair I don't mean that to be no, an unfair question. No, it's not question, an unfair but. question. Hard? I mean that's relative. I think it's the leaning in and the asking of the questions and having the conversation all around it and how that happens. So, yes, there is always a balance, but we always come back to, to mission as well with the pump house and being a conduit to have these conversations and express this art. And it isn't necessarily expressed other places in the same way. So it's an honor to foster the building of this relationship and how that looks moving forward. It's not about, I don't know, it's like a long-term game. It's not a short-term thing. Mm -hmm. Has there been any uh, positive or negative feedback about a play like that? Is I mean, is lacrosse... Lacrosse strikes me as somewhat conservative. I and maybe I'm wrong, or or just the oldest person in the room. You got a mix. (laughs) Yeah, but has there been? I am curious. Is there anybody that you upset with this play? With that play? It was overwhelmingly positive. It was a wonderful experience. Saw the play were moved. I mean, deeply moved, and told their friends. And the second weekend of the production tripled the first week of attendance. So people are ready. They want to have conversations in a meaningful way um, that aren't angry. And I felt like the community was really ready. I mean, being the building and presenting something like that too, my first thought was I want to keep my people safe in case people do meet us with anger. Mm -hmm. And we were never put in that situation Knock on wood. Well, that's so that was, very good. That that's was good very to hear. good. Similarly, I'm. I got an email this morning, and this is off of an, a little bit of a tangent, but gray area from the beginning has always been about access, and they want people to be able to attend theater at no cost. So we do a preview night, bringing back the preview night idea. I got an email this morning from a woman saying, "Thank you so much for offering theater at access. I wouldn't be able to attend if." On December 1st, it wasn't free donation-based performance. I don't drive at night. I'm elderly. I'm bringing my 22-year-old college student granddaughter. Thank you. So doing things differently, you can't do the same thing and expect different results. And I, I've got to tell you, this I, you guys are uh, falling right into why <laughs> I've been thinking of this quote. I said before we started recording, I think it was before, that I... Uh, just on Instagram, I follow this uh, thread. It's called Daily Rothko, and it's a picture. It's a Mark Rothko painting. And then sometimes there's a quote from the artist or not. And he's talking specifically about painting a picture, but I think it really fits in. Uh, he said, I have never thought that painting a picture has anything to do with self-expression. Now, and I've always, that's been the place where I've always started thinking about art. It is the artist expressing themselves. He goes on to say, it's a communication about the world to someone else. After the world is convinced about this communication, it changes. The world was never the same after Picasso or Miro. Theirs was a view of the world which transformed our vision of things. I, I really hadn't given enough thought to that conversational element of art. What do you all think about that? Awesome. Well, <laughs> I mean, deep thinking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like, uh, for me, that's one of the wonderful things just about theater and doing a production is that you have this text. Um, sometimes the playwright is still around and you can ask questions, but a lot of times the, the playwright has passed. So you just 
All you have are the words on the page. You can't ask them what they intended so that you can approach each piece and you can do your own interpretation and no two productions are exactly the same. And in my perspective, mm-hmm. they should not be ever because otherwise, what is the point? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that about a musical music is like that too. When you, when you, mm-hmm. every time a piece of music, the same exact song is performed live it is an original work of art. And mm-hmm. so that and theater are the only two forms of art that I can think of where every performance or every time you see it or experience it, it, it is an original. I would jump off of that and say that, yes, that is something that's unique about theater, where it is you have to live in the moment in order to convey that message. And yes, there is some satisfaction that comes from self-expression, from seeing designs and ideas come to life throughout the theatrical process, but it is about choosing the play with the message that you want to bring forth to start that conversation. And yes, exactly like you were saying, no two productions are alike, and isn't that wonderful and exciting and just vital. I think that's great. Well, let's talk a little bit about the the play coming up. Uh, By the time this uh, podcast is published, you will be into your performances of uh, The Long Christmas Dinner by Thornton Wilder. One theme that comes back for, for Thornton Wilder that I don't know if it's provocative, but he's certainly at his heart a humanist talking about the uh, eternal elements that all of us in humanity share, the struggles, the joys, the turns in life we don't expect, the wonderful surprises we get along the way. Uh, He is very much about showing us that we are alike in ways we don't necessarily always see day to day. Uh, I... Maybe that is subversive in in some ways. He he really likes to take everyday moments and distill them down to the very symbol, to the very essence of what of what we see throughout our lives. And I do think it's a bit subversive because I think it's easier. It just seems biologically easier to see our differences well and hand in hand with that is his theater is very experimental this uh production of the long christmas dinner is traveling through time when it premiered in 1931 it was experimental then and today it's still experimental he was so ahead of his time in that way and so there i i agree with you certainly yeah and Dominique, you're in the play. I am. So tell us about it from your perspective. The the play or my role in it? Well, um, well, both. But let's start with the play. Your your thoughts on what it's about and and why you're excited. I'm assuming you're excited to be in it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> you're not in it just for the thunderous applause. No. Um, I'm just trying to think of what. I guess for me personally, we don't have many family traditions outside of the Christmas holiday, that's where more of our traditions would would come into play. So to be able to do a show that basically follows one family from generation to generation um, is just really interesting to see what changes as you bring in new family members and what stays the same as the, the sixth daughter in a family of seven children. You did notice that Christmas evolved as your older siblings got married or had children. Um, And it's something that's very, very different today than it was, say, 20 years ago. But In, um, In what way do you think? Maybe in the actions of it, but not so. The feeling is still there. Like the the underlying um, excitement for being together. And I think the appreciation for being together deepens as you age as well. And I think that does tie into my character of Lucia. 
Um, when you first meet her, she is a newlywed who is just joining the Bayard family. And right from the get-go, you have this understanding that family is very important to her because she's trying to gather information about the history and who came before her. And throughout all of the following Christmas dinners, she's the one that will bring up family members who have passed and try to keep their memory alive and try to encourage the family members to continue the line um, and not become spinsters or, you know... Um, poor Genevieve. Um, no spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> so, as an actor, I know the 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 question they always ask the big movie stars is, "What element of your character did you identify with, or do you identify with?" Um, the affection for family. I. In my reading of it, I think she she is deeply in love with her husband. Um, she deeply wants children and um, is thrilled when that happens, and it doesn't happen right away. Um, that is what I connect to most. And the love of wine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and assume you have bottles of real wine on stage unfortunately <sighs> that's part of the experimental nature of this show <laughs> but that's what comes before during the party yeah and mm -hmm. then we'll have the <laughs> <laughs> there should always be wine. i think every play could probably be adjusted somewhat to include wine it brings people together. I think that would be a it good idea. It really depends on your props master and how much they like you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this is Around River City. I'm Ken Cooper. Thank you for being a part of the conversation with me and Dominique Lukey, Allison Krish, and Luke Erickson. By the way, Around River City is a great place to find information on all kinds of events and businesses around the area. And if you're really interested in the podcast, you can subscribe at AroundRiverCity.com, and you can also find the podcast anywhere you download your podcasts. We'll be back in just a bit with more on Around River City. Well, it's been a fun and lively conversation with Luke Erickson, Allison Krish, and Dominique Lukey. Let's get right back to it on Around River City. This kind of theater, this thought-provoking conversation-starting kind of theater and art needs a home and how do you feel being representing the, the place that makes this happen I mean where where Luke where would you be without the pump house we would be in the wind uh, <laughs> parking lots <laughs> uh, well and I never take that for granted because not that you would be in the parking lot I always looked at it like they can do art anywhere that I was an honor that they chose the pump house as their home for these productions. And I think it's so amazing how they make that theater different for every production. It's a complete experience, even just of the usage of the space mm -hmm. comes alive. Well, and that is a beautiful space. It's the upstairs theater, Correct, the theater. area at the, at the pump house. It's a wonderful space. Newly renovated. <laughs> even having the space being used for rehearsals there was a there have been times where i leave for the day and there's still movement and action on every level of that building there's rehearsals in the conference room there's an art class going on in the in the studio there's rehearsals in the theater there's a meeting in the cotter gallery that's what it's about there is a lot of art in this community and expressive art and art of quite a wide variety too that makes me think about something I wanted to bring up earlier, too. With Gray Area, there are a lot of performers, um, actors behind the scenes that do are also involved in other theater theaters in the area. And it's always about abundance, and there's enough for everybody instead of lack, and I'm going to protect mine. And I think that's something that's really amazing with great area productions bringing people together in the name of art and expression allison i've got two things for you one is move closer move yeah you're the only <laughs> one here who is not obeying my rule of staying close to your microphone okie dokie <laughs> and do you act or have you ever acted have you ever 
done anything like that? Excellent question, Ken. <laughs> I think I've just stepped into something. Maybe not that much. Um, back in the day, I mean, I was the I was the kid in middle school and high school that acted. I was also a music kid. I was the you know Manitowoc Youth Symphony Orchestra kid. I played the flute all the way from third grade through. Oh, that's right. College. The last time we talked, I think you said you were going to bring your flute next time. No, you put. You <laughs> put a sworn. That's what you said. <laughs> Check the record? Yeah, yes, let's exactly. check the record. <laughs> so I would say I dabbled. It was the community theater in my own hometown, the Maskers. Um, yeah. And if I could, I'd like to uh, just touch base on on our relationship again. Uh, I, I don't think we'd be in the wind. I think there are many, many venues and places around town to be involved. I just think it's so nice and appreciated to have a home and to have a place that does have a history with it and is such a, a wonderful, welcoming building to be in. So thanks. Agreed. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah, it, it, it just and part of this was one of our founding members, Colin Thielen, bringing that connection mm -hmm. to the forefront with you, Allison. And I very much appreciate that. Absolutely. Being a different type of theater production company, that's kind of your shtick, too, to do art in different places that you may not expect it. So I never, like I said, I never take it for granted. So you talked about play selection. Where do you get, where do you get these ideas? Just, you can't have every play ever created in your brain. Or, no. Or at least no. the basic idea, even. Uh, <laughs> or can you? I don't know. <laughs> for me, part of it is... It's a balance. Part of it is kind of being keyed into, you know, what are the who are the top 10 playwrights this year being produced around the country or going beyond that? What's a certain topic that we want to touch on? Uh, for me, I, I just enjoy reading scripts. I enjoy the process of sorting through and saying this one speaks to me. This one may be great for another another production team. Um, and yeah, really it's, it's about the search for a play that feels like it's of this moment. And th yes, there are many, many, many plays out there and uh, sniffing them out takes time, but the satisfaction of finding a play that, Hey, this is producible. This is asking interesting questions. This is, available <laughs> <laughs> there's okay there, there's some reality involved yeah. Oh, yeah. certainly yeah yeah isn't it amazing though i'm i'm always amazed when i when i see a performance whether it's a movie or a play that i know was written decades and decades and decades ago and you hear it and it's like oh my god how did they know that we would be going through this now mm -hmm. it, it's thrilling <laughs> and i would say uh that the Long Christmas Dinner is a perfect example of that. It premiered in 1931, and here we are, and it still feels as relevant as um, as tapped into the everyday experience we have that it did back then. Dom, did you have more? <laughs> I'll just say that we never learn from history. <laughs> ah. Oh. I'm okay. opening a whole other can of worms. <laughs> well, we've got uh, unlimited time here. Um, you've always struck me as such a positive person. Well, we survive, don't we? We do. Life we goes do on. survive. Um, would you agree that, as I've heard, life doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes? Is that, or is that too optimistic i don't think we're smart enough to come up for a rhyme each time okay okay <laughs> except okay. you just rhyme oh I'm yeah. that so was awesome <laughs> <laughs> there's an exception to every rule okay <laughs> so that was good that was good and if i could tie into that one of the elements of the long christmas dinner are lines that come back again and again but they're just ever so slightly changed so that it does feel like they're in the moment. So we, we do have history repeating itself. It's also always just a hair to the left or to the right. 
which is fascinating to see. Okay, so Dominique, I'm going to put you on the spot again. Okay. Since you, and I don't think you're far off actually at all with what you said about the past. What can we do as as artists and also patrons and people that view and experience the arts? What can we do, or is it possible to eventually make what you've said untrue? Yes. See, I am an optimist. I think you can. I think the key to that is just to never stop exploring, to keep an open mind, to not jump to assumptions. When you see a title of a show that you've never heard of before, don't let that deter you. Let that be the thing that attracts you to go and make time and go and see it. Um, So to just keep seeking new information new experiences, um, different kinds of art or thought or written works. Just never stop exploring, never stop learning or being open to learning. And that's certainly built into the the goals of Gray Area Productions. We, we want to be experimental and explore with our shows, and we just want no matter what the show is for the audience to say, Oh, gray area is doing it. Let's, let's check it out. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, it's going to be interesting. Exactly. I was just thinking that it, the, the idea of experiencing new things, it's hard to do. It really, it, it's hard to get yourself well, to do we're that. Scared of the unfamiliar. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's human nature. I, I think that mm-hmm. is human nature. That's part of our biological selves. But I know one thing that I try to do and like and, and like doing is I, I like going to the Walker Art Center in Minneapolis because I dislike most of the art that's in there. I, I, I won't, it just doesn't affect me. <laughs> sure. It just it's not it's like okay, but it reminds me that I don't have to like it or be comfortable with it for it to be art or for it to be meaningful to somebody else. Now I'm curious to see what it is. <laughs> well, and that's that's legit. And at some point, being an art patron isn't necessarily about liking everything mm-hmm. you see. You can't. Right. But it's about what was the artist's goal and did they accomplish it? And how and why did that happen? Uh, and that conversation that that starts, to me, is the interesting part. Not necessarily like, oh, that's pretty. But why, when, where, who, what? This is Around River City. I'm Ken Cooper. I did say there were a lot of things for us to cover on our agenda, and we'd also be covering a lot of things that weren't on the agenda. And I wasn't kidding. I'm Ken Cooper. I'll be back with Luke, Allison, and Dominique in just a bit. Okay, we're back on Around River City. I'm Ken Cooper, and it's a conversation with three very fun people. Allison Krish from The Pump House, Dominique Lukey, artist, performer for Gray Area Productions, and Luke Erickson, one of the founding members of Gray Area Productions. And I thought this time around, for this final segment of the podcast, I should start with a, a serious question. What scares you these days? Oh gosh! Uh, not necessarily Sometimes about the just world. Fear. It, can be, it can be, and my relationship with it. You know Ooh. that can be scary. Your relationship with fear. Well, think about your own fears. They can stop you for no good reason. It's false evidence appearing real. Mm-hmm. It's you know your thoughts, or sometimes just thinking to your not thinking to yourself, but it, you know, it's amazing how your thoughts can run away with you. So I have just done a lot of self-reflection myself on fear and my relationship with fear. And it can also be healthy and push you to things, push you through things. I think one reason why we don't change or learn from is because sometimes we stop talking about the things that make us scared. Mm. And then you're not putting voice to it. And then it allows people to forget some of the bad stuff. Well, and you can avoid those things that scare you. Right. It's pretty easy to do. But usually that's where the growth is. Right. Right. Luke, what uh, yeah. What scares you? In general, the unknown, which is so much. <laughs> <laughs> which is almost every upcoming every day. moment. Of- every day. And I would say that uh, directing this uh, this show, The Long Christmas Dinner, has been an exercise for me in not letting fear get the best of me. 
I think that leaning into that unknown and trusting the people around you, knowing it's going to be okay, uh, is one thing that helps get me through. Uh, I also just fear not growing. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that to, to me being at a stasis and not pushing into that fear and growing and moving forward is, is something that definitely motivates me to keep at it. So you see fear as a motivator and a positive thing as a motivator. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say that ties right into mine. Um, okay. I think my fear right now is inaction. Like when you see something that isn't working or that is a problem, but you don't do anything about it. Oh, that's so easy. That is so easy to turn your head. Mm -hmm. Well, then on the flip side of that coin, uh, what's exciting you these days? Ooh. (laughs) I guess that means Allison wants to answer first. I'm continuously invigorated at the pump house every day. That's, I mean, what keeps me going. Um, it's exciting to do the, this type of production. It's exciting to introduce people to it. It's exciting that the community wants it. There's a lot to be, there's a lot that's exciting and there's a lot to be grateful for. And Luke, I know, I, I know you're going to say the play, and I think that's fair. <laughs> Standard, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would also just add to that, again, like you mentioned about the, the openness and sense of possibility in the area, uh, I think is definitely something that excites me. Um, I feel like all of the arts organizations are, are really active and, and pushing things. And yeah, I'm just uh, excited and curious to see what we can all do. Uh, share is it excitement in general or excitement in relationship to the arts you tell me answering? you tell me <laughs> okay because i they're two they're different for me okay so in relation to the arts i'm actually really excited for the next show the final show in our um gray area production season in collaboration with the pump house which is becky shaw um, I'm excited for two reasons because one, because I get to work with a director who I have admired for probably a decade and haven't had oh. a chance to work with yet. Stephen Walker. Oh. Um, and secondly, just because it's such a good show. It's so well written. This one is exploring love really. And just what happens when you have a group of people who are close to one another, but they have different ideas of what it means to love someone um, and just how love should be shown to okay. one another. And outside of... Uh... And outside of that, well, my children. Yeah. I'm sorry, they are hilarious. Yeah. I, I have an 18-month-old that attacks her brothers, and it just it brings me so much joy. <laughs> They're twice her size. Yeah, and to watch them grow up and change every single day is constantly exciting. Harry Potter is a big thing in our house right now, and I am not mad about it. Yeah. Well, and and I have a daughter who's 13, and I used to get excited about all those things. Now I'm just excited when she replies to a text from me. (laughs) That is, (laughs) That's literally like, oh, my God, she remembers I'm alive. (laughs) This question that I asked her two and a half days ago about. But so here's I've got a kind of a theater geeky question, I guess. Um, Luke, when so you're at the performances. Mm -hmm. What are you watching the performance or the response from the audience or. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, as uh, one thing as a theater nerd, you can always spot them in the audience because they'll go and sit down and then they'll look up and see what the lighting grid is like. Uh, just a tip there. Uh, <laughs> uh, or the, at least that's one thing I do. Um, I, hmm. It, it's the audience response. I mean, that's what I love is reactions coming out of nowhere. Even if it's, um, I, I would say in, in uh, Mitzi's performances, we had a lot of, uh, people just expressing what they were feeling in that exact moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, yeah, I live for the moments where we, we hear the audience 
shift their perspective, say, oh my gosh, yes, I agree. Or, oh my gosh, I can't believe they said that. Um, that, that reaction is like the lifeblood of theater, I think. Yeah. Wow. Agreed. I mean, it's, it's always funny to me. I think with every show you will have a moment where people laugh and it's like, oh, I wasn't expecting them to laugh at that. But yeah, that is funny. So audience response in general, we love it. You do notice it as the, as the performer on stage. Yes. Oh, um, in Mitzi's definitely because one of my characters was not very well liked. And there were a group of women that let me know, um, Oh my! Which are, yes. are those the the people that? I, and I know there are people out there that forget that you're just an actor acting a part. You're not there are actually people, that person. Oh yeah, there. Um, there was another show where I, I had an accent and I came out and talked to people after, and they're just they looked at me funny. It's like, but yeah. oh, you talk different. It's like, <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, though, it's an appropriate reaction. So it's never like if it's a loud reaction, that's fine as long as it's appropriate. Like. And with the, the the response we got from Mitzi's, if people were louder, it's like, it was in line. It, it was understandable. And it, I mean, as an actor, it kind of energizes you because you know that you are doing your job right, well. Right. And that's, mm-hmm. that, that becomes then more of the, instead of you just saying things to us, the audience, it becomes a conversation. Exactly. The difference between movies and theater is that feedback loop between the performance and audience is right there living in the moment. Uh, And that synergy or energy or feeling in the room is priceless. Yeah. And it tells us in real time how, how effective we're being. I think that's what brings you back as an actor more than the applause at the end is just Mm. to have those in the moment reactions because you can't find that anywhere else. What would all three of you like us to know? What do you think we should know about the pump house and about gray area productions? What would you like us to know? Allison? Or do you want to not go first this time? You, you unfortunately have to go first every time. (laughs) (laughs) It's where you sat down. So Noted. <laughs> I have one. Please. I can save you. Please. Okay, Going counterclockwise now. Yes. Um, we have an Instagram page and a Facebook page. So if you ever want to know what's going on, just follow us. Follow the Pump House or follow Gray Area Productions. And it's gray with an A, right? Or an E. An E. It is an E. It is an E. Oh, okay. And that makes a huge difference. It does. I think that's a gray area. I don't know. I'm not going <laughs> to say. When we were discussing <laughs> I was going to say, what was the yeah. conversation it, around I, that? I mean, it was, was there? It was putting the thought of the company into practice uh, of having that be, uh, but should it, but uh, it, there's really, not really you actually thought about that? Yeah. Oh, oh my yeah. God. I love that. <laughs> I thought I was the only person that thought about things oh, like no, that. Oh, no, no. Yeah. We, I, I think what's exciting is that uh, we're always going to try to put the thought into into the production, into the process, into um, into what we present, uh, and yeah, if you think that that's a conversation that you're having in your own head, maybe we're having it too. For me, what I want people to know is that just please uh, lean in. If you've seen a show from us. Keep coming back. Those details, those performances, those things you noticed that you felt were thought-provoking, that's what we're going to follow. That's mm-hmm. what we're going to keep pushing. And the more and more we get to keep continuing on, the more uh, exciting things there'll be to discover. So please uh, continue continue supporting and... Um, yeah, yeah. And, and just and try. Exactly. And try. Give it a chance. I, it's, it's okay... To try and not like it. Mm-hmm. it. The trying is the the most important part, I think. And whether it's something that uh, is not your cup of tea or something that is an arrow to the heart, either way, the conversation in the car on the way home is interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, and to be fair, that's what we're trying to. We're always trying to find shows that are new to us. I Of the three that we've produced so far, none of them are exactly the same. The few is probably the most true to life um there was definitely some surrealism in mitzi's just with the characters of reckless mary and um thomas aquinas and then long christmas dinner we're traveling through time and it's technically a period piece too um 
and it's actually just kind of out of time also. It's it's just different than anything. And when we come back for Becky Shaw, that'll, again, jump back into realism. So we're trying new stuff, too. That's what makes me excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's your thing that we, we all should know about, uh, a, about a, a production company like Gray Area and its relationship with the Pump House and the Pump House's relationship with all of us? I'm just happy that there's a two-way street of growth because you put it out there, but that also allows me to grow too and the organization to grow, I feel. Um, there was conversation, you know, the Pump House has been around for 45 years, especially with Mitzi's, you know, where we had to have a conversation with the board, open and honest, and this is what we want to do. But just to feel that support is amazing. The support to say I don't have the answers, but I'm willing to ask and I'm willing to try something new that I haven't tried before. Be on the other side of that with growth. By the time this uh, podcast is up and available for everybody, you will be into the performance performances of uh, the long Christmas dinner at the Pump House. How do we get there? Uh, how do we get tickets? How can we be involved? Allison? Thepumphouse.org is our website, and we offer tickets there for this show and all upcoming Gray Area production. Okay. And that's a great place to go because there's a lot of other things happening at the Pump House, too. Oh, yes. It is a big website. (laughs) (laughs) I asked you all what is exciting you guys these days, and uh, none of you thought to ask me what's exciting me, but I'm going to answer anyway. Good, good, good. (laughs) I have been running into so many people lately that seem to be hungry for these kinds of conversations. There seems to be a need and a desire for good conversation. So I want to say thanks to the three of you for being a part of a really cool conversation. Well, thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah, much appreciated. Is there anything else anybody wants to say? Do you want to go more on your spiral downward into the blackness of the hell we're creating? See, Uh, he has a dirty mouth. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to end it at that. Okay. (laughs) Wow, that did not end the way I was expecting, but uh, that's the way a good conversation goes, I suppose. I'm Ken Cooper. Thanks for listening in and being a part of this conversation on Around River City. And please do keep in touch with the Pump House and Gray Area Productions. They're just a couple of the groups that are doing some wonderful things in the lacrosse area. I'm Ken Cooper. This is Around River City. Good conversation is always relevant. I stopped recording, which was a mistake. I should have known that. I'm not going to stop recording again until you all are a block away from the building after you leave. But, Dominique, you said I, I was talking about this this need and desire for good conversation. For good conversation. And I can't tell if you were pro-podcast or anti-podcast. So, during the pandemic, I got into, I, I can't say I got into, but I started exploring some podcasts and i i do enjoy half of them i enjoy yours um (laughs) but the thing that that drives me nuts is you're listening to this podcast and people are having such great conversations and you want to join in and you can't so i think that that Mm. is part of the reason why there's a thirst for conversation because um, we've been cooped up for so long just attached to our devices podcasts are having a huge moment Mm -hmm. right now so everyone's listening to their podcasts and just absorbing information information and not being able to release any of their thoughts Mm. i feel like i get into moments where it's like i know the answer to a game show i'm watching on tv and they don't know it and i just keep trying to (laughs) bring up this point bring up this point did you notice that moment in this movie's performance yada 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 uh and that's one thing uh, that is exciting about podcasts, or at least I would say engaging, but also uh, plug for theater. You get to have those conversations in real time. Yeah. Ah, mm-hmm. okay. There you I, go. My thing with a lot of podcasts is how did you not ask this question? <laughs> and do you, did you even hear this person just said this brilliant thing, but you're looking up the next question or looking at your next question and you totally missed it, but I get it. I get it. And I, I've discovered, and I realized Just recently, one of the reasons why I like the few podcasts that I like, they tend to be very nerdy history podcasts. Mm -hmm. And you are right, Dominique. It it appears as though we haven't learned much from history. (laughs) Um, But 
I'm not accused, but my my wife thinks very correctly that I think too much. And I really do. I think too much. I'm a worrier. I Thinking, I say it some kind of as a joke, but it's sort of a hobby for me. I really enjoy just the thinking process. But when I'm listening to a podcast, it gives me permission to think about the the Norman invasion in 1066 and not about anything that is important to my day right now today. <laughs> and, and that does feel like a nice escape. Times like that are about the only time or when I'm watching a good play or something or, or a movie that I give myself permission to stop thinking. Mm. Well, and be in the moment. Yes. Mm-hmm. That has value too. That I mean, honestly, that's one of the other joys of theater for me is that when you are performing a character, you're not thinking about your problems, you're thinking about their problems. And you get to explore lifestyles that you would never experience otherwise and relationships that you might not experience otherwise. So, and Great Area Productions holds open auditions, so you should come out. <laughs> Quick plug. Quick plug. Who are you talking to? Anyone. Okay, good. And you out there thinking about it. <laughs> she wanted to get me to audition <laughs> for this for uh, the long Christmas dinner. I noticed. Oh, you were aware of that. <laughs> My hands are sweating just at the <laughs> thought of it. I don't know. I love being on stage. I, I And I love that feedback from the audience. I love... Why am I more comfortable doing an improv where there, I have no idea what I'm going to say? But the thought of it really is, I think, the thought of memorizing, memorizing. all of those words mm-hmm. that is just so daunting. Unless that's just an excuse that one level of my psyche is making. To- that's the easy part. I'm sorry. It is. Memorizing the lines, that's the easy part. It's figuring out why they're saying what they're saying. That's the hard part. So would you be willing to take responsibility for my learning lines if I audition for a play? Yes. All right, Luke. So if you as were directing the Greece. play... If <laughs> Why? I hate that show, I'm sorry. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> what show? Grease. Oh, just because it's overdone, or partly? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I I do like a person <laughs> of strong opinions. <laughs> but look, if you're directing a play that I have auditioned for and I forget my lines, you have to yell at Dominique, not me. Noted. I can take it. All right. Yep. All right. So I'm going to stop recording again. So we're going to get Allison and Ken Cooper in a play next <laughs> fall. Um, stay tuned for that. It will be amazing. I All feel right. the same way about memorization. <laughs> All right. That's I why I stopped playing, playing the piano. <laughs> I will be on the line notes. Allison, I think this could be a moment. You know how people have their workout buddies? If you audition, I will audition. Oh, my. No pressure. I already know what show. Ooh. Mm. That's Are you intriguing. thinking what I'm thinking? We're going we're gonna to talk about this once you stop recording. It can't be a musical. It is not. Okay. <laughs> Good. That'll make my son happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we for sure? Dominique, any other things that you've... I can't guarantee that what I say when you stop recording won't be brilliant. <laughs> it's always brilliant. Well, then let's just stop and see what happens. <laughs>